Naturally, if you have a term like medieval, it defines it in a, in, as a period in relation to the periods that are both before it and after it. it. What came before it is antiquity, Greece and Rome, uh, in particular Greece and Rome. And what came after it is what historians today call the early modern period, but what was uh, used to be called and what was called when they first named these things, the Renaissance. Renaissance is French for rebirth. And historians in the 15th century, when history was, history books were being first written and then printed, when they looked to the past, they saw themselves as, as being a rebirth, a rebirth of learning, of, of, of literacy, of humanism, which is what they were. They were humanists. And then they looked to the far past of the ancient Romans. They loved the Roman texts. Uh, they loved to read the ancient Romans. They loved the clear evidence of a great civilization that existed just from looking at the ruins that were all around them from, this, from the Roman Empire. And, then, and they wanted to rebuild that. And that's why they called their own period the rebirth. The thousand years that stood between them and the ancient Romans from their perspective was a waste of time. It was a, a period in which the greatness of Rome had collapsed and that man had, or at least Western man, had wallowed in superstition and uh, darkness. And so it didn't even really qualify to have a name. They simply referred to themselves as the Renaissance or later the Enlightenment period. Uh, so you can tell they're the ones that are making up these names because they're, they're very congratulatory to them. And then there is antiquity. Uh, and then what's in the middle is just the middle, uh, the Middle Ages. Let's, to understand the Middle Ages, we need to first understand, like in all cases when we look at a period, to understand what came before. What was it built on? And in this case, the Middle Ages was very much built on the ashes of the old Roman Empire. The Roman Empire had been the, the greatest political and military achievement in Western history to that time. The, the Roman Empire was enormous. It spanned the entire Mediterranean. It really spanned all of the Western civilization, all unified into one political unit. At one point, at its greatest point, it stretched all the way from Scotland to the Persian Gulf. It's an enormous empire. And it was also the first time that this area, the Mediterranean and Europe and the Middle East, that it was all united and enjoyed a unprecedented levels of peace and prosperity. However, everything uh, good can't last. By the third century AD, all of this was starting to unravel. The, the Roman Republic, which was the original state that had been founded in Rome and then spread, had long since uh, gone away. It had given way to an imperial form of government in which one man, an emperor, or one dynasty, the emperor's family, ruled. Now, they went to this system to get stability. Uh, in an unstable situation, and it provided stability for the empire, 
as just so long as that one man or that one family could hold power securely. But that was becoming increasingly rare by the third century. There were it was it was much more common to have a lot of various Roman generals gathering together their legions and then making war against each other in a bid for the imperial throne. The result was uh, a lot of civil war by the third century. We have uh, frequent civil wars erupting throughout the empire. All of that meant instability for business, which means it's going to hurt the economy of Rome. Business does not like instability. It means increased taxation, in fact, uh, very large increases in taxation, to pay for all the soldiers. The military spending in Rome during the third century goes up quite a bit. And it's not...